You're listening to Bro Storm Sports. It's Monday, October 17th. On this week's episode, we talk about the NFL, as always, give you some of our best bets, get into pageantry a little bit, and discuss, is anybody actually watching the MLB playoffs? Should be a good time. Thanks for listening. Welcome into Bro Storm Sports. It is Monday, October 17th. We just got done watching another thrilling primetime game involving the Denver Broncos. I'm your host, <laughs> Sasha Bushka. I'm joined by my brother, Scott Bushka. He's going to see if he can angle to get us a sponsorship by Nerd Wallet again this week. And intern P joins us as well for some rousing commentary. Fellas, how are we doing today? That was a good one. Nerd Wallet. Uh, usually you're not that funny, but Zinger that was a good the one. Top. I will say that um, while watching the Broncos is not good football, watching Russell Wilson and Nat Hackett PI is, it's almost like watching a comedy show. So at least there's that. Um, what's up, fellas? Intern P, didn't see you this weekend. Did you, pr- did you practice your beer pong? I did not. I did play some ping pong against your, your mom, though. That was fun. Um <laughs> But that, that did happen. Some ping so. pong against Sally Bushka. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he was pleasantly surprised with her skill level. Although, intern P is significantly better at ping pong than any of us. Just so you know, in case he tries to hustle you sometime in the future. I had thought with, the, with all the like Snapchat, TikTok, Twitter, tweeting, all the social media talk that intern P would be hanging out with someone more exciting than our mother over the weekend, but I guess I was wrong. That's, that's a, a good that's point. A, that's a jab. Um, <laughs> it was a Sunday night. He was winding down his weekend. Don't don't go too hard on him, Scott. But anyways, let's get into it a little bit. Obviously, I referenced uh, another thrilling Denver Broncos game. Uh, they ended up losing to the Chargers 19-16 to uh, in overtime. Took both teams several possessions to get a field goal in in overtime. That was just one result of many in NFL Week 6. So we're going to start things off with our reactions to NFL Week 6. Scott, you got anything uh, exciting that you saw over the weekend? Yeah, I mean, there was a couple big games, um, which I'm going to talk about in a second. Bills, Bills, Chiefs, which did, which did not obviously end up the way that, that at least us on this podcast wanted it to. Uh, and then Eagles, Cowboys. I'm going to start where I left off last week. And as long as you're referencing nerd wallet, um, we are angling for a sponsor sponsorship. Um, so we talked about the run. I, we, we talked about like two, two high shell in the running revolution last week. I'm going to take the other side of that this week, which is just actually bad quarterback play. That's winning games. Um, so last week I threw out some stats on just all of the plus hundred yard rushing games we had. All right, so listen to listen to this. These are all quarterbacks who won games this week. Carson Wentz, 12 of 22 for 99 yards. Marcus Mariota, 13 of 14 for 129 yards. Zach Wilson, 10 of 18 for 110 yards. 
who is also making a play to be by far the most superior Wilson quarterback in the NFL. Um, Daniel Jones, 19 of 27, 173 yards. Mitch Trubisky, um, 9 of 12 for 144 yards. We saw Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky, a combination of the two, beat Tom Brady. We saw Zach Wilson beat Aaron Rodgers, and we saw Daniel Jones beat Lamar Jackson. And then finally, Matt, Matt Ryan's corpse beat Trevor Lawrence. So it's just, a, it's just a continuation of what we talked about last week, which is like, how is this? How is Carson Wentz winning games throwing for under 100 yards and like 50% completions? Um, it's, it's wild. It continues to be the truth. Welcome to 2022 NFL, everyone. Yeah, it is uh, pretty crazy the, the level of play we're seeing at quarterback or the lack thereof. I actually completely forgot that Carson Wentz won his game on Thursday night uh, because of the way that game unfolded. And the fact that in my super flex league, I traded for Carson Wentz right before that game. It felt like a better option than Jacoby Brissett, which that's neither here nor there. Uh, Near quarterback, I mean, like you and it's a bad year to have a super super flex league. I admit, but Jacoby Brissett and Carson Wentz are come on, dude. Mariota is tearing it up for me, though. I know. Yeah, he threw for 129 yards this week. Yeah, it was incredible. But he rushed for a touchdown, so we had that going for us. But uh. Yeah, I think uh, kind of the the story coming out too. Uh, the teams that that are getting good quarterback play are are rising as the cream of the crop in the NFL right now. Uh, obviously, we saw a duel between Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. I think those are two teams that still have quarterbacks that are competent. Josh Allen comes out on top on that, and then um, Jalen Hurts plays for the Eagles and uh, beats beats up on Cooper rush a little bit. Uh, it kind of ended that narrative of, is that going to play when he comes back? Um, and, and Jalen hurts is looking as competent, if not more competent than any quarterback in the league right now. And that was the one question mark for the Eagles coming into the year was how good is Jalen hurts? Is he the answer moving forward? Cause we knew they had a good roster around him, and they're looking like the class of the NFC, especially when you consider the Rams, the Buccaneers, and the Packers all look pretty bad. And those are the three teams we thought were good in the NFC going into the year. Yeah, Cooper Rush looked bad. And the 49ers uh, managed to lose by two touchdowns to the Falcons this week. Dude, the Fal- don't look now. The Falcons might be good. The fighting, the fighting Mariotas. Um, their little little nugget for best bets coming up here. Falcons six and zero against the spread. Oh wow. That's that's the kind of information you can only get on Brostorm Sports, sponsored by Nerd Wallet. <laughs> um, yeah, but so just quickly, Sasha, on your your point, I mean, I think coming out of what what are we in week six? Um, everyone would pretty clearly say we've got Super Bowl favorites, right? Like pe- people would say it's going to be Bills Eagles. Um, if I, I mean, I watched a decent decent portion of the Bills Chiefs game, most of it. I'm to be honest with you, like I'm not as a Chiefs fan, I'm not too terribly worried about the Chiefs coming out of that game. Mostly because I think once we get Trent McDuffie back and Willie Gay, that defense looks quite a bit different. Um, I mean, they that game comes down to the, us putting a rookie starting his first game, the us being the Chiefs putting a rookie starting his first game on an island um for two plays where they have receivers who are way better than scoring touchdowns. 
Um, and then I kind of feel the same about the Eagles Cowboys games. Like uh, Cooper Rush looked terrible. He threw three picks. There was one drive towards the end of the game where he threw seven passes in a row, and they actually all seven should have been picked off. Um, so that's the first time I've actually watched him live, and I was like, God, this is – I can't believe I was on air saying he might be better than Dak Prescott. Um, so I think there's a lot, of, a lot of football to be played. If we would have done the same analysis after week six last year, we would have all said the Arizona Cardinals were going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, some people may have said that, and uh, they would have been wrong. Uh, as as far as the Chiefs' bills go, I'll echo your point a little bit uh, about not being too worried about the Chiefs. Essentially, what it came down to is the Chiefs had two drives at the end of the game where they came up empty, uh, one with the lead and then one down twenty four to twenty. And Patrick Mahomes was kind of uh, kind of the weak link in that game for them when you look at the way the defense played against Josh Allen. And if Patrick Mahomes is your biggest problem then I'm not too worried moving forward because he's shown time and again that he's going to most of the time play well when it matters. Nobody's 100%. Uh, but essentially, when it comes to the Chiefs, uh, usually when they lose, it's because the offense had a lead late in the game and couldn't run a four-minute four offense. So couldn't hold the ball late in the game to keep the other team from getting a chance, which is what happened in that game. Predictably, Josh Allen goes down and scores a touchdown then you're thinking Mahomes has a minute. Uh, he's got a chance here, uh, but he ends up throwing a pick, which I kind of had a bad feeling about going into that. Um, and then the Cowboys-Eagles, I, I mean, I think the Eagles are, are are for real. I think we can safely say that, but that game doesn't do anything to show you that the Cowboys aren't for real. With Dak Prescott in the mix, their defense is still really good. After the Eagles' hot start, they held them down for most of the game until they went on a drive at the end. Um, and the NFC East, surprisingly, is looking like the best division in football. And the the AFC West is somewhere in the middle of the pack, maybe trending closer to the one of the lesser divisions in football right now. Yeah. Um you briefly referenced that game tonight. I was thinking about halfway through the second half, we should probably just not even watch the end of this and just start recording uh, the Brostorm Sports episode early because I know everyone is waiting with bated breath uh, to get this hot off the presses from Owen tomorrow I was morning. actually taking a nap um, getting ready for this episode instead of watching that game. <laughs> um, yeah, the Eagles can run the shit out of the football. Um, that's sorry. That's real hard. That's real nerd wallet type analysis. Hard hitting, um, but there, I, I, they can really run the football in a lot of different dynamic ways. I still want to see them. Someone shut down the run. Like for example, they play the Patriots and bill Belichick does everything he can to shut down the run. Like if you make them pass, what can Jalen hurts do? I feel like this is the, this is also not a hot, hot off the presses take, but it's to me, it's like, I'm not sure I believed it the first five weeks, and now I do. I feel like this is the it's finally the year that age has like caught up with the NFL. Um, it like it feels like that the first year. Maybe this is a bad analogy, but it feels like the first year in baseball after they like finally started testing for steroids, and all these all these dudes like Bonds and Sosa and McGuire and like everyone who was roiding up and and. Um, like fighting father time all of a sudden just fell off a cliff. 
Like that's what I so um couple stats for you. Tom Brady has a 52 QBR, which is the 15th best in the league. Aaron Rodgers has a 24th best QBR or 38 QBR, 24th best in the league. Matt Stafford, 46, 20th best in the league. Russell Wilson before the game tonight, 36, 25th best in the league. Matt Ryan, 21st best in the league. Ryan Tannehill, 23rd best in the league. So you got all these old dudes, like a whole generation of quarterbacks who all of a sudden are just terrible. Obviously, the poster the poster child children are Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, um, but it, it just feels like it's time to, it's time to get the old guys out. Yeah, there, there's definitely there's been kind of a changing of the guard coming for quite some time. Uh, basically, ever since Patrick Mahomes has been starting, um, and Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson and Justin Herbert. Um, I you might have thrown Kyler Murray in there at one point in time. I don't know if you do anymore. Uh, but a couple a couple more great decisions by Cliff Kingsbury this week. Absolutely. But every year you pump five, you know, three to five first round quarterbacks into the draft, with the exception of this year. And so eventually those guys are going to take over, and you know, two or you know, one to two of them hit every year, and if every quarterback's playing 20 years, there's only room for like one new quarterback a year to come in. So uh, it, it is about time to probably face some of these guys out and father time. It, it's the oldest cliche in the book, but father time's undefeated. The crazy thing, like everybody's talking about Brady and his relationship and Giselle and everything. Why, why is he not playing as well as he had in the past? And at some point, my thing is like, at some point the guy does age. Like he has to hit a wall at some point. He's forty five years old. When does he get bad? And and maybe we're finally seeing that. But there's a whole another line of guys behind him that are feeling the same thing. So it's interesting. The game has changed a lot. When a lot of those guys came up, it was more of a pocket game. You're seeing the prerequisite to being a good NFL quarterback now, being a lot of athleticism. So uh, you know, maybe the game's finally starting to phase them out and the defenses are figuring out a way to stop a guy who doesn't have that prerequisite athleticism. Uh, I want to get us out of here on this. Uh, intern P, you, do you have any NFL takeaways? Do you think these quarterbacks are getting old? I think Aaron Rodgers is still pretty solid. Um, his wide receivers blow. Um, his offensive line blows. I watched the whole game. It was awful. Um, but I also I kind of want to pivot away from that. But like, if you're a New England Patriots fan, are you done with Mac Jones now? Like, is it, is, what about like Zappy? Oh, like, yeah. you're just done with him. So I got a couple of things on that. Uh, Scott's eyes just like literally popped out of his head when intern P said that Aaron Rodgers looked pretty solid. So that was, <laughs> I feel like, in, I feel like intern P should, intern P should open up that browser and check out some of Aaron Rodgers stats before he starts Dude, throwing out comments like that. No interceptions. He got sacked four times. I think he got hit 12 times. Like He's old, like you said. but Aaron Rodgers or solid. Bailey Zappi, Scott? <laughs> um, no comment. So I asked I, a question. I, Bailey, Bailey Zappi, as long as you at this clip at Aaron Rodgers afterwards. I think Aaron Rodgers is taking too much ayahuasca. It's like it, it's like it just doesn't, it doesn't even care on the sidelines. So the interesting thing about Bailey Zappi is, is that he actually, 
he wasn't like an afterthought seventh rounder or an undrafted free agent. The year after they take Mac Jones in the first round, they take Bailey Zappi in the fourth round, which is interesting because like the Delta in talent's really not that big. And, and like uh, one of the things I've heard a lot of chatter about is Mac Jones's superpower is his his mental capacity to not make mistakes and like do what the coaches tell him and all of that. And Bailey Zappi's showing the ability to do that as well. And if if the physical gap's not that big and Bailey Zappi's doing what Mac Jones is supposed to be good at better than Mac Jones is, it becomes a real question at some point. Yeah, for sure. Intern Pete, did you have any luck sliding into Giselle's DMs this week? Uh, they're not actually open. I can't send them unless she follows me back. So, Giselle, if you're listening, please follow me back. That's fair. I feel like we should get out of this segment on that. Uh, intern P 0-1 on sliding into Giselle's DMs. We'll see if he did any better on his picks on the other side of the break. Welcome back into Bro Storm Sports. In the break, we had a riveting conversation about whose receivers are more garbage, Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes. But we'll get to that question on another episode. For now... We've got to get to our best bets. Uh, we're, we're keeping track of our bets throughout the year, so Scott's going to give us a quick rundown on how everyone did last week, and then we'll get into some stuff for next week. I have to say we collectively as a team, for a team, um, went 4-2 and two this week, which means things are looking up, listeners. Um, so, all right, so quickly. Sasha had the Pats plus three against the Browns. Um, Sasha, what was the final score of that game? Do you know? They won by like 30. They won by a ton. I counted my chickens way early in that game, so I wasn't even worried about it. But I can get you that score 100%. 38-15. 38-15. to 15. Pats 15 cover. Pats. To move to three and three on the year. Your other pick was the Bengals. Um, to cover one and a half against the Saints. Um, yeah. I believe the Bengals won 30 to 26. That is correct. And so, Sasha, you are 2 and 0 on the week. That makes you 4 and 2 overall for the year. I mean, depending on what unit size you're betting, I might have just made you like $100,000. Question Have you placed any money on any of your picks on air? Yeah, I don't bet and tell, but, uh, <laughs> I uh, I place money on the picks I make on air. Like that the one. problem is, the problem is I once I open the app, it's like, let's bet on this team to score on the next drive. Let's bet on the exact result of this drive to be a field goal. Let's just bet on everything. It's like playing roulette at that point. So I have to like place my bets before the game and then throw my phone away before before the game starts. Abby, please don't listen to this segment. The chances of Abby listening to Bro Storm Sports slim to none. Slim just left left town. Exactly. Uh okay, okay. All right. So Sasha 2 and 0 this week. Um intern P, we'll start with the other side of the so in the in the Sasha versus intern P battle. Intern P decided to, if you remember, 
the uh, stunning analysis of intern P deciding to fade himself. He took the Saints plus one and a half against the Bengals. That did not work out. Um, you lose that bet. Uh, but then he also took Minnesota for interns P, intern P's first victory of the season. I feel like we should, I don't know, do something. Throw him, I'll throw take him a round party. of applause. Just, just a little yeah. bit. All throw you listeners, just something. give me a round. Um, other than the beer pong wins against me, which got you a, a win in the record book. Minnesota to cover three against Miami. Um, the two-a-less, Teddy Bridgewater-less, until Skyler Thompson got injured, Dolphins. Uh, Minnesota covered, I think, 24-16. So, intern P, one and one on um, the week. He was one and three after last week. So, what's that make you? Two and four? Yeah. Scott, I got to jump in here. The more I think about it, the listening public didn't actually have the opportunity to upper, if if I could talk, opportunity to bet on intern P to beat you in beer pong. So I don't know how that could help them. Does that make sense? Yeah, but what's your point? You don't want to count that in the standings. So he's two and four, so but, in term, still, but in terms so of helping the, the listening public, he's one and four. All right. You're one and four then. It's cool with me. It's been decided. Um, my my picks were um, the Giants to cover five and a half against the Ravens. The Giants won that game outright, 24 to 20. Um, so that's a win. And then I picked the Cowboys to cover five and a half at the time. It moved to six and a half, but the Cowboys to cover five and a half against the Eagles. They did not. They would have if Cooper Rush didn't suck and throw an interception on basically every throw. Um, so I went one and one for the week. I was one and three to start the week. So I'm two and four. So we've got Sasha at four and two, Scott at two and four and intern P at one and four for the season. Yeah. So I will say one thing in intern P's defense. I know it's a little out of character, but you knew that Cooper rush was quarterbacking for the Cowboys at the time you made that pick. Intern P did not realize that literally none of the Saints players would play when he made his pick that he lost this week. He knew Andy Dalton was starting a quarterback. Theoretically. Fair or not? That's fair. But they had no Chris Olave, no Jarvis Landry, no Michael Thomas, which, I mean, all were possibilities going in. But I don't know. Okay. All right, let's let's get let's get some picks this week. All right, I'll lead us off. Aaron Rodgers going to Washington to play the Commanders. Now I know what you all are thinking. Bounce back game for Aaron Rodgers. Packers just lost 27 to 10 to the New York Jets. There's no way they could put up that kind of performance two weeks in a row. Not so fast. Carson Wentz Broke his finger or something. That means it's Taylor Heineke time for the Commanders. Commanders at home getting five and a half points to the worst team in the NFC North. I'm going Commanders plus five and a half over the Packers. I love that so much. <laughs> that dude Heineke is a. Uh, he's going to cover. Heineke's I, 
such a big upgrade over Carson Wentz. It's not even funny, especially in a one game comment. sample size. Are you are you banking on Ron Rivera's impassioned? I'm angry at the media speech after they won, firing the team up. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm banking on the fact that he can motivate a team after the game's over better than any coach in the league. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll I don't know if I agree with that, but I will write it down. It's written down. All right. I got one more. Bounce back game. This time I'm not doing the not so fast. Chiefs just lost a close one to the Bills. This is a bit of a homer pick, but none of us have picked a Chiefs game so far on the best bet segment, as far as I remember. They're nope. going to the Niners, who just lost 28-14 to the Atlanta Falcons. They're still The Niners offense still hasn't really done very much with Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm going with the Chiefs only giving up three points. Chiefs minus three over the Niners. I had a look at that game. Um, I'm a little worried that the Niners are uh, also might be having a bounce back game. Um, and if there's a defense to get right against, it might be the Chiefs for Jimmy G. So, or 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 they run the ball for like 200 yards against the every, Chiefs is is my only thought. Every big play Josh Allen had against the Chiefs in that game was outside the numbers. Jimmy Garoppolo can't even throw it outside the numbers. Yeah, that's fair. I, I accept that analysis. Let's go to intern P next. I'm going to save the big hitter for last. Yeah, what do you got, P? Big hitter at two and four. I am one and what? One and five? One and four? Some one and four. You're one and guy. four. Your, your beer pong win has been denied listen by guy. Sasha. Most uh, large media companies don't even let their in- interns place bets, so you should feel lucky about this. <laughs> Well, I am 22 years old, so technically I can do whatever I want. You forgot about that. <laughs> well, I mean, they let their interns place bets. They just don't let them come on the air and talk about it. Oh. Uh, all right. Well, if you guys want to. You're right. Hear, sorry. sorry I should have. Sorry. Legally, <laughs> legally I should have rephrased that. that. Legally, you can do whatever you want, intern P. <laughs> all right. Okay. Okay. All right, so my first bet here is uh, the Jets plus three against Denver. I might be recency biased, but, dude, the Jets looked really good last week. Brees Hall is pretty good. Zach Wilson's not very good, though, so I'm a little worried about that. But in a dogfight, which it will be, it's going to be 15-18. to 18, I think the Jets come out, win that game. I think they win that game outright, actually. Dude, who you th- who do you think is the better? For sure. Yeah. Oh, he has that dog in him. Do you think Zach Wilson or Russell Wilson's better? Slash Russell who is, Wilson. I, I do think. I think I, Russell Wilson's just weird. I was gonna say so. something stupid like who's more likely to sleep with one of their mom's friends, but mm. well, he is dating Sierra. Hey, married to Sierra, so she's couple of things on that. Too. First of all, Zach Wilson and Giselle. Mm. Just throwing it out there. Secondly, do you think? You'll get credit for it either way, but do you think that line's going to hold at Jets plus three? No, I don't think so. I think the Jets are better than the Broncos, actually. Um, The the line indicates like an even matchup right now because the Broncos are at home, so it would be Broncos minus three. Uh, But I think after tonight, the Broncos putting up another stinker on offense, 
I think that line's going to move before it happens. So probably good to get on the the plus three action right now. People, Vegas gives the Broncos an odd amount of respect. I will say that their defense is really good. If yeah. you watch that game tonight, like like I'm not I'm not certain how Zach Wilson's going to score against them. Brees Lightning. <laughs> what? What does That's that good. even mean? The Brees Hall, dude. Brees Lightning. Brees Light. It's like he doesn't understand that reference. Oh yeah, it's it's, it's, fine. it's never fine. Old Grease. It's fine. Pick number two. Grease. Okay. All right, so Scott alluded to it at the beginning about the Falcons going 6-0 against a spread. They're going 6-1 this next week. I'm taking the Bengals minus 6. I think the Super Bowl hangover is over for the Cincinnati Bengals. Jamar Chase, Joe Burr, they're clicking. They're clicking. That's all that matters. Cincinnati just, minus 6. You just bet against them last week. Change of heart. Dude, they look so they look good. They look great. Dude, Jamar Chase actually actually played, I think. I don't know what changed, but that's all that matters. Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow. Pearson, did you feel feel like a tough guy using the word alluded earlier? I have a pretty pretty good vernacular. Oh. <laughs> all right. Do you like that? But yeah, I felt yeah, pretty I'm good. Sure I like used hundred percent correct, but I'll 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 accept it. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. I'm going to make some picks. Can I make some picks? Yeah, go ahead. Um, I feel like Pearson threw out the relevant stats here for me. Um, my first pick is going to be in the Jets-Broncos game, but a different bet. Uh, I'm taking the Jets-Broncos under 42 and a half. Um, the the I might have put a little money on the under in tonight's game, which paid off handsomely. The Broncos have gone under um in I believe all six of their games this year with totals of 33, 25, 21, 21, and then tonight was quick math 35. Um their defense is really good. Their offense sucks. The Jets defense is really good. I think that game's going under. So sad thing about that is is when you started listing off the Broncos total scores for all their games I was kind of assuming you were just naming the scores that one team had in each of the games because no 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 yeah total score no yeah yeah I get it but those numbers would have been more likely to be for one team than actually both teams only getting I think 35 was the highest number you said 35 tonight highest uh, I think I'm leaving out the get the Raiders game. They played the Raiders. Oh yeah, the Raiders game yeah. went over, or not? Maybe not over, but it was like thirty three twenty one. Exactly. And they lost the only game the Raiders have won this year. Yeah. Uh, second second pick. I feel like I feel so confident in this pick, and I think the line is going to move so much. Uh, you better turn on the camera, Owen. Make sure you get this for the listening public. Because uh, I think the line's going to move to to maybe eight and a half or nine by the end of the week. Uh, Bears at Patriots. I'm taking the Pats to cover seven and a half. Um, and the reasoning is pretty simple. I feel like this is a carbon copy of the last two games the Patriots have played against the Browns, where they played a really good running team um, with a shitty quarterback, Jacoby Brissett, and, and they made him look silly. And then they played the Lions. Like... 
what everyone thought was a good scoring team, good running team with not a great quarterback. Um, and they beat him 29 to zero. Uh, Bel- the one thing Belichick can do, and the one thing that's a pretty safe bet is Belichick against a bad quarterback, making him look bad. Um, he will take away the run against the Bears, and I think it's going to be a tough night for Justin Fields. The Patriots covering seven and a half. I don't disagree with any of your logic there. However, your level of confidence scares me a lot. Book it in. Like I Lines feel like moving. Bet on it tonight. Lines moving to nine. Listeners of the pod should probably be running to the sports book to place bets on the Bears right now. <laughs> we'll see. I can't wait for next week. Intern P, put some money on it right now. You you can legally do that. I know I can, but I actually don't have any money in my my FanDuel right now, so I have to, <laughs> to deposit some. Well, I mean, there's a solution to that. You just press the button, place a deposit, whatever's whatever it takes, man. This I is, lost this... a lot of money on the Kansas football team, the college team. Oh, they made me sad this weekend. KU yeah, football I lost a lot. Uh, kind of coming back down to earth, which. Uh, which kind of leads me into our next thing. That's our bets segment. You guys got anything else on the bets before I rush us out of here? I'm going to and oh. Okay. No. On the other side, we're going to talk some non-NFL stuff. Maybe get into the pageantry of college football a little bit and see if anybody watched the MLB playoffs this weekend. Stay with us. Welcome back into Bro Storm Sports. We're excited to have you. We gave you some of our NFL takeaways, gave you some bets. But now we got to get into Scott's second biggest passion, the pageantry of college football. Uh, over the weekend, I know everybody's wondering what's his first biggest passion. It's saying he's super passionate about stuff. But uh, pageantry of college football. Over the weekend, uh, there was a lot of big games, actually. We referenced that KU lost, but the biggest that I saw was Tennessee winning on a last-second field goal against Alabama, and the kids stormed the field. Brad Nessler, I think, was calling the game. He said, you can't see it on TV, but if you were in there, you could smell the cigar smoke all over the stadium. So exciting stuff. Um, but something interesting came out of that. The Tennessee, I don't know if it's the university itself, but it was on a, on a site called Vol starter started a GoFundMe or not a GoFundMe, but like something of that sort where you raise money to essentially pay for their goalpost. They raised over $150,000 already. They, that was their stated goal. Uh, they get a fine from the SEC over it. Do you think it's becoming of a university to start a uh, crowdsourced fundraising event to pay for their goalpost when their kids storm the field? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just um, shocked by the question of what's becoming of a university, given that I feel like the... It feels like we have moved past the point that college football is actually amateur athletics. Um, but no, I so I actually um, I did not watch this game. I was sitting in front of a TV, um, but 
up here in the Pacific Northwest, I w- we were actually watching an 18-inning, six-hour baseball game. Game, game. game three of the Mariners-Astros, where no one scored for the first six hours. Um, then the Astros scored in the top of the 18th to win it. Um, so we didn't watch that game, and we actually had a healthy debate about who was like, um, were more people watching the Alabama Tennessee game or the Mariners Astros game, which the answer is obviously Alabama Tennessee. Um, but so I, I didn't get to watch it the way that I, the way that I think about this is like everything that happened in that game is positive for college football. Um, I, I personally am so tired of the same four teams basically being in the playoff and winning and being dominant every year. Right. It's like, Oh, okay. Who's going to win this year? Some combination of Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson, or like maybe some other school has a hope. And yeah, so, three out of the four of those will be in it, and then one other, for sure, yeah. for sure. Um, so I think Alabama losing is good. Uh, I think in general, like having kids storm the court, storm the court, Jesus, um, having kids storm the field, smoke cigars, tear down the goalposts, like. It's all it's all good. That like that can only be positive for college football. In terms of in terms of the university raising money to um to pay for the goalposts and pay for isn't there a hundred thousand dollar fine that comes from the SEC for yeah, storming the so. storming the field? Um and the I think the athletic director was interviewed afterwards and said, like, you know, we'll 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 pay the fine every year. Um I mean I, I think it just furthers the it's to me, it's not becoming, it's not sad. It's almost just funny at this point, but it just furthers the narrative of, of like, this is, these are, this is no longer like collegiate athletics, amateur athletics, like student athletes, like this is a business, right? Um, and you know, players are making money. The universities are raising money on GoFundMe to pay for goal, fo- to, to pay for goalposts and fines. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what harm it's doing at this point. Yeah, I want to uh, go to P on this for a second, but before I get his thoughts on Alabama, Tennessee, I just want to point out, Scott asked the question at the beginning of that, if more people were watching Alabama, Tennessee, or the Mariners Astros, I would venture to say there was more people watching the Alabama, Tennessee game in person than were watching the Mariners and the Astros. Sasha, that now you're just being rude. Well, that's going to lead us into a little bit later conversation. I know Pearson was catching some baseball playoffs over the weekend, but before we get to that, Pearson, did you have any thoughts on the Alabama-Tennessee thing? I love seeing Alabama go down. I I loved watching Nick Saban go absolutely bananas on the sideline when that kid muffed that punt. I don't know if Scott didn't watch it, but dude runs in, muffs a punt, and Nick Saban went absolutely berserk, and I love to see it. And Sasha pointed out to me that he's only 5'6", so that makes it even funny. I did point that out earlier. I just found that out today, and it was the most incredible, surprising thing that I've ever heard in my life, that Nick Saban all this time has been 5'6", and I had no idea. Like, I thought he was a 6-foot guy. He doesn't. Nick Saban's 5'6"? He's 5'6". Found that out earlier today on my radio show. I didn't believe it. Googled all over the internet. When I found out he actually was 5'6", I Googled, why is Nick Saban so short? That didn't help. It just led me to a Clemson uh, a Clemson 
fan page that had a lot of jokes about Nick Saban being short. Uh, no most one, of no which wonder, weren't appropriate to say. No wonder he's such a little asshole. Yeah, exactly. Uh, who do you huh. think wins in a, Like, I've always wondered who would win in a fight, Nick Saban or Bill Belichick. Like, clearly now this answers that question. Yeah, I'd probably go with Belichick there, uh, but I don't think either of them are probably great fighters. Uh, before we get into the baseball stuff, too, I don't have a whole lot of thoughts beyond what Scott said about Alabama, Tennessee. Uh, essentially, it's a bunch of kids having a good time. It's great. It's a little bit tacky for the school to like that's making millions of dollars off of this stuff to go out and ask their fans to donate uh, to help pay for the goalpost. And they had like they even did it in a tacky way. It was like give sixteen dollars season since Vols beat Alabama. Give fifty two dollars and forty nine cents final score of the breathtaking game, or give one thousand nineteen dollars and fifteen cents capacity of the sold out Neyland Stadium. So they kind of pulled at people's uh pulled at people's heartstrings there a little bit or I don't know if that's the right phrase for it. Uh to get them to donate. They they made it appealing to them, which is fine. Whatever you want to do, that's fine. I do want to apologize really quick to listeners of the pod. I called intern Pete Pearson a couple of times throughout the show. I'll try not to forget his first name intern from here on out. Uh, but since we're on that topic, um, I know there was one person keeping an eye on the MLB playoffs over the course of the weekend. Uh, and that was intern P. Uh, I, I don't know if he was the only one, uh, but general thoughts on baseball playoffs so far through the divisional round Pearson. Uh, I'm kind of sad the Dodgers lost. They were the odds on favorite. And I think, from what I saw, they went 0 for 11 with runners in scoring position against the Padres. They just didn't show up. I don't know what happened. I don't know. They were just coasting in, being like, we beat this team 20 times this year. Like, we're we're going to win. Um, It was tough to watch. But another thing is Aaron Judge this postseason is hitting a whopping 0-83 with one home run in three games. Our uh, MVP is not... He has not earned his pinstripes yet, as the kids would say. Yeah, as Tony the Tiger would say, for sure. Uh, I, I heard it said today, and it's a true story, we have a real chance of a Guardians-Padres World Series, which I think baseball is crossing their fingers all the way to the bank that doesn't happen. It's going to be a very sad day at MLB headquarters if if we end up with the Padres Guardians um, World Series, I mean, to to me, the most to me the sh- the not striking striking is not the right word, but the biggest takeaway so far is like you to me is you pay, you play this 162 game season, the Dodgers win 111 ga- 111 games, and the advantage you get for that is not big enough. Um, yeah. To to get to get one game, you know, basically like three games out of five at home. And you're going you're gonna to end up in a situation where the Dodgers are already out of it. The Braves are already out of it. Um, we damn well better hope the Yankees win tomorrow night or the Yankees will be out of it. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, we already know that baseball is struggling from a popularity standpoint and has a popularity problem. I actually think the, I think the move to more wild cards, um, to having more wild card teams and having that kind of like initial wild card round best of three was the right move. Um, but it's just not, 
man, it just it just feels like it just feels like baseball is getting drowned out by football so, on a week to week basis. Yeah. The format is rough though, because right, you mentioned it. The Dodgers, they won 111 games. You want to get an advantage from that. Uh and, and they do get to skip around. But those team whoever does come out of the wild card round, I almost feel like is more equipped to win the divisional round than the team that gets the bye. Uh, because baseball is not a sport that's made to take five days off. You don't take five days off the entire year. You don't take more than one day off ever a single time in 162 games. And then now this team's coming in. They just won a series against someone else uh, in, in the wild card round. And now they're coming into the divisional round with a little bit of momentum and with the rhythm of an actual baseball season on their side. And I think we've seen that in the Braves losing their series, the Dodgers losing their series, and the Yankees, uh, their game was postponed tonight. Could, by the time you're listening to this, have won or lost their series. Um, and the so the only team that got the bye that has come out of this so far is the Houston Astros. And they were probably banging trash cans all the way to the bank. So anybody can hit if you know what's coming. Um, another I mean, point. It's a, Go ahead. I was just going to say that's a, it's a great point. Like I was... Um, listening to the fs1 broadcast and it's you know they're 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 three guys their three x players are the big hurt frank thomas um david ortiz and alex rodriguez and they all three said that they're like look this isn't football and taking five days off is a big disadvantage um and and baseball like it takes a while to recover from that so i like baseball is gonna have it, it it just feels like another mistake in a long line of mistakes by you know, by the the people running Major League Baseball. And I've got a, a little bit of a stat to throw out. I got this from not only friend of the show, but father of the show, Chuck Diesel Bushka. Uh, oh, but wow. the 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 you Dodgers, know this is the correct stat then. The Dodgers were twenty two games better than the uh Padres in the regular season. That's not the stat. Anybody can look that up in the standings. But they are the first team since 1906 so in 116 years with that much of a better record than the team they were playing in the postseason to lose a postseason series to the other team the last time was the uh 1906 world series the white Sox and the cubs and i believe the i don't remember which team had the better record but the lesser team won so shoeless, shoeless joe not shoeless joe that was the uh, 1919 Black Sox, I believe. Yeah, I think you're right. So, anyways. Yeah, I, I just, I mean, so we, the, the three of us watched KU TCU football game in a bar a couple weekends ago. MLB wildcard weekend was on, and you had, in, in a random bar in the Midwest United States, you had 37 TVs on college football. And then one MLB playoff game on in the corner that no one was paying attention to. It just has become very regionalized. Like people up here where I live in Portland really cared about the Mariners game this weekend, but they're, you know, I doubt they're going to be super engaged for the rest of the way. So it's just become super regional. And it, like I said, it feels like it's getting gobbled up by the NFL and college football. Yeah, I, I would agree with the, the regionalized nature of it. Um, from a, from a national TV perspective, it pales in comparison to the NFL. Uh, what baseball's always had going for it is the inventory question. 
So their business model is a little bit different than the NFL, right? Like sports inventory in and of itself is a business and baseball's got 2000 some odd games to put on TV for, for the ESPNs and all these regional networks that they go on. And so that's where they make their money. Uh, but from a popularity standpoint, uh, it's, it's waning over the years nationally and eventually that will bleed into your regional footprint as well. So yeah. that's kind of the problem they face. Just, just cause you, just cause you were making fun of or asked the question earlier. Um, stats aren't out from the, from this weekend. I think that the MLB playoff games are averaging like a little over 2 million viewers per game, which is actually pretty good. It's better than they've been doing. Your average SEC, like those big SEC matchups on the weekend, it's you got like anywhere from four to seven million people to, tuning into them. Um, so, you know, more baseball games, but there's definitely more people tune, tuning so, into the football games. You made fun of me for saying more people saw Alabama and Tennessee in person than watched the Mariners Astros game. Not quite true, obviously. If MLB's drawing two million per per game, but I did some math a few weeks ago. There's about this three million people. Spreadsheet. There's about three million people watching college football games in person on any given weekend, FBS only. So, college football as a whole had more in-person viewers than that game did, probably. Congratulations. Yeah, let's just get out of here on that. Unless, do you guys have anything to add? No, I'm a little disappointed. There was no nothing from nothing about Tom Brady. Um, we did. Jordan Poole did get an extension, um, so I think the Warriors answered that question for us. Um, Draymond's back, but also they extended Jordan Poole. So um, yeah, we'll try to you know we'll try to look for some lighter topics to uh, the intern peak and weigh in on on the DM situation next week. We might have to find a uh, another intern that can try to slide into Tom Brady's DMs at some point, just for equal opportunity situations. Like like a female or yeah, like a female intern. Either way, uh, either one is fine. Yeah, let's yeah, get out here on this. Here. On that, we, we kept it short for you guys this time. We really do appreciate you giving Bro Storm Sports a chance. If you made it this far through the episode. That means you probably like something you heard. Give us a five-star review wherever you're listening. Follow us on all the socials. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on TikTok. Give us a chance. We appreciate it. Thanks for listening.